Uh, next time we're going to be doing <laughs> Bakano. That's our next series. We've actually already recorded these episodes. They were a lot of fun. It's very funny to me. Something happens when I watch the second half of that series, and I just completely change from like really trying to take everything seriously uh, to just being like, oh, this was just funny. But yeah, it's it's a journey. But yeah, so we'll be watching through Bacchano. Um, and I'm going to do on on the recording here. Am I able to hear me shaking this? This is my mm-hmm. inhaler. Oh, okay. Yeah, the uh, the inhaler is a new new dynamic for ghost divers. Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the x Audio Network. Uh, I am your co-host, Neve, and I'm joined by your other co-host, Connor. Hey. And we also have <laughs> a special guest, John Charles. Hello, it's me, John Charles, known as uh, Nosley Runch Enjoyer. <laughs> also, as you referred to yourself in uh, five minutes ago, Little Garbage Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm a little garbage boy who loves garbage. Give me the garbage and I'll eat it. <laughs> I, I literally had this discussion with one of my bosses because um, he wants to do a show on our on our Twitch channel of just kind of like talking about like uh, having people bring in like just like old campy movies and stuff and talking about them. And he comes to my office and he asks me, he was like, do you like bad movies? And I was like, yeah, I'm a little garbage boy. Like I literally just got back from like a double feature at the theater of just like two horrible movies. I will watch anything i love it let's go <laughs> and that's why um, we brought you on that's why you're on ghost editors so welcome. yeah <laughs> that was, that was just, it's a shame because we're talking about an extremely classy show here because like don't get me wrong there's some there's some garbage there is some real garbage that i love when it comes to anime but bacano is like some high class top shelf whiskey right here yeah mm. uh in fact, you you are here because I guess I'll like get into some of the other stuff in a moment. But um, what when we first started this podcast, you were like, "Oh, you should do Bacano," and you lent me the the DVDs, and I was just gonna watch through it. And then I was like, "I think Connor, you were watching through it as well." And I was just mm-hmm. like, "I'm gonna like stop and have a thing for once where I'm the person who hasn't seen it, and Connor has because usually Ooh. it's the opposite." Um, but. Uh, as people can tell, we're watching Bacchano. Um, I'm just going to run through the upcoming episodes and when they're coming out. So, as always, people can look in the episode description for the timeline as well. Um, or go to exportaudio slash diving schedule and see the full schedule of um, a series that we have planned. But um, next episode will be in two weeks, and that's uh, episodes one through eight of the anime. Um, that'll be releasing on July 8th. And then uh, July 22nd, 
uh, two weeks after that will be episodes nine through 16. Um, and then the question bucket will be uh, August 5th. So hopefully you'll be able to come back at the end of uh, July, uh, beginning of August and record that with us, JC. Of course, I ain't going nowhere. Um, because we are, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this in the the big master uh, behind the scenes schedule that I do, Connor, but um, I am going to try and like shorten the distance between when we record and when things release as we go on. Um, mm. But I'm kind of just like building in gradual breaks for us rather than, I don't want to take like a month off of this podcast. Um, it would make me too sad, but. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I, I, I agree with that because. More of our, I think our topical jokes jokes might land a little bit better. Yeah, the big thing is like, I either just end up like waiting for a week or two before it comes out anyway to to edit. Um, and the the plan here will be like we would be probably recording uh, intro episodes a week before they release, and then um, we would also, as usual, record the episode like two, the first discussion episode at the same time. So those would end up being like three weeks spaced, which is still like a, a decent amount of space in there that gives me some, some flexible room to edit stuff. Um, but I've just gotten a lot faster with editing. Um, and so now it's like, I'm either just like on top of them and I'm editing them or I just like don't edit for a while. And then I'm just like, well, now I just have to edit it right away anyway. Um, like last minute, why did I do this? So I feel like just narrowing that time frame will be better for me. But yeah, yes, yeah. the podcasters dilemma. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and more content for our beloved viewers, listeners. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking this is You know, I, I do the, I do the same thing too. Like I think I've been on podcasts and I've called uh listeners viewers, and I think I've been on stream and I've called viewers readers before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've just watched too many episodes of Good Mythical Morning. So now I'm like, viewers, you're watching us right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like and subscribe. Uh, do we do we want to just talk about general experiences with with Bacchano? Uh, as people can already tell from what I said earlier, uh, this is my first time watching it. So, um, I did watch the two episodes when we first started Ghost Divers, and you recommended it. Um, and then I was just like, yeah, sure, we'll do this at some point. We can have you on for it. Um, and I'm just gonna choose to watch it then, and and be able to be the f- person with fresh eyes. So I'm actually really curious. Had you seen? Had you happened to have seen uh, Durarara before you had seen this? No, I haven't seen that either. Um, I still need to watch it too. As I understand it, it's kind of like it's not a sequel to Bakano, but it's like um, it's like the sister series to Bakano. But um, I know Bakano was pretty hot when it came out. Like it was a big hit when it came out with like a lot of anime fans. And I don't think it necessarily had the staying power for a couple of reasons I'll get into when it get the time is right to talk about that. But I know Durarara, which might... No, Durarara has like two or three seasons. Durarara, came, <clears throat> Durarara is like a little bit bigger than Bakano was, like with an even broader audience. And so when I tell people about this show, they're always way more familiar with Durarara. And that's actually kind of what I'll use as the selling point is like, hey, it's the same people and it's kind of like the sister show to Bakano. Yeah. This um, is going to be interesting because neither, neither, like, I, I haven't seen Durara either. So, uh, yeah. we're coming like completely. <laughs> at, if that is like your main, like, comparison point, then it's completely lost on us. So, yeah. this is going to be an interesting, uh, journey here. Um, one other thing, like this is just a little bit of research. I've tried to avoid up until this moment, like looking into anything about Bacchano, um, mm-hmm. to the like 
most a lot of people who listen to the show also listen to stuff on the abnormal mapping network because like export audio and abnormal mapping are kind of sister networks um and they did bacano on um your uncle's beach house uh which is like a a different a very different style from us they like will watch like 13 sometimes more episodes of anime and like have a discussion about it um and it's usually like much shorter uh doesn't go quite as in depth um but like i just haven't listened to that because i'm like i don't i don't want to know anything um i'm probably going to listen to it before we record the next discussion episode the Mm -hmm. the one that like from us speaking now which will be like the final discussion episode um just so i kind of know what they've said but um yeah like i avoided that i really didn't look into anything um and i guess like a little bit of my my experience just watching the the first eight episodes which i've seen so far we're not going to go into detail in this episode but um i did get this like i was watching it and i i looked up when this came out and i looked up like I knew that it was based on a light novel. That was a thing that just like came up. Um, M who's on beach house, like briefly talked to me being like, yeah, one of the greatest compliments I can give to Bacchano is it made me want to read the light novels. <laughs> um, Which so those I knew light was... novels are very good, by the way, they are yeah. worth reading. So I knew it was based on a light novel. Uh, I did see that like, Oh, the no- light novel author. And then this director, like this director has done a lot of adaptations of his light novels. Um, and the other thing that, and it kind of confirmed something that I was seeing, which is one, like in terms of just the style of this anime, I, I see a little bit of um, Arakawa Hiromu in here who did like the biggest thing being Full Metal Alchemist, which came out a little bit before this. Um, mm. And definitely like there's some connection stylistically with the way that things are being presented, um, including like alchemy stuff comes up in the mm. show. Um Again, I'm going to avoid too many like spoilers right now for for people who haven't watched the first eight episodes. But um, the other thing that I thought of though was Kino's Journey, which we're going to be doing later this year, um, and I think also has kind of a similar style that I I kind of actually associate with this like um, period in time, and I I wonder if some of it is like even though the style of um, Haruhi was very different. Like I know that there was a big explosion of light novels when Haruhi came out and that was right around the same time as Kino's journey. Um, and I feel like this is also probably in that wave of like in Japan, a lot of people are reading a lot more anime fans are reading light novels and a lot of them are getting adapted. Um, and especially when sometimes has things have a little bit more of this like Western tinge to it. Um, I think there's like almost this style that I'm seeing in here that, um, I've also seen in other works like Kino's journey was the first big one that I saw, uh, that had this as well as a little bit of, um, I've never watched brotherhood, but I, I did watch the original full metal alchemist when it was like airing on whatever, TV network aired it. I don't even remember. Remember probably now. Toonami. <laughs> probably Toonami. Um, but yeah. So or that, you know, that, that was like a thing that we discovered. Yeah, you know this um, might have, this might have actually come on that channel. This, I was when I looked it up. This did have a cable premiere in America, and it was either like Sci-Fi or I guess Funimation used to have like a cable channel of some sort. Yeah. Um, that sci-fi one was weird that we looked into. The the other one I'm wondering. We discussed that at length, like on the was that the Solid State Society episode? Uh, it may have been. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking out. Like it was the the TV series here for Full Metal Alchemist. Um, if because sometimes for these bigger ones they will even have. 
uh, English Network, Adult Swim was the one that mm. I saw it on. Um, that makes sense. Because um, I definitely watched more Adult Swim anime than than Toonami, just like mm. from where I was in my life. But um, and and Kino's Journey. I'll tell the full story of watching that when we get to it, but uh, I watched the DVDs of that. So, um, so, but yeah, those those are sort of the main comparisons I have, but I don't know if either of you want to talk a little bit. Both of you have watched it. Uh, JC, you've watched it a lot more than Connor has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah was, so, uh, oh, you, you go, you go. I was just, well, uh, I was just going to say, <laughs> JC, like you are by far the biggest Bakuno fan here. Although I, yeah. I, I like the show. Like, <laughs> I, I would count myself as a fan, but like you, you're the one who like turned us onto the show. You're very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. You've been like engaging with this material for a long time. So, and I genuinely want to know because we've never like actually discussed this at length. Like, just like tell us about your experience with Bakano and your your like story there. Yeah, of course. Well, like you said, like uh, like Bakano. Might be my favorite anime. The only other thing that I think might give it a run for its money for me is possibly um, Nichijou, because I do love Nichijou, but like I watch Bakano probably once like every two or three years. Like I wa- I rewatch this show very frequently. And um, I am a fan, I would count myself as a fan of anime, but I'm kind of weird in that uh, I didn't really grow up with access to cable for most of my childhood, which means that I wasn't around cable when Toonami kind of was a big thing. Like I had Toonami for, I had, I had cable for like one year in elementary school. And that was the one year I saw and fell in love with um OG Dragon Ball, like regular Dragon Ball. Cause yeah, like yeah. Every, every boy in my class when I was in third and fourth grade, love Dragon Ball Z. And I watched it once on vacation at like an aunt's house. And I was like, I don't understand this show. It's just a dude holding up a, a, a glowing orb and people saying he's going to throw this orb for three episodes and nothing happens. I don't understand this. And then I saw regular Dragon Ball and I was like, no, I can get this. This little monkey boy has really strong punches and he every episode he punches a new person. I like this. And so like <laughs> for the longest time, that was the most of my extent of like anime aside from like the obvious touchstones of like Pokemon and Sailor Moon. That's kind of like the, the cornerstone for our generation. But um, so for the longest time, I actually kind of didn't think I, I liked anime because people kept recommending me stuff to watch. And it was usually a lot of like the uh, the usual suspects from Adult Swim and Toonami. And a lot of the stuff didn't super click with me because like it was a lot of the stuff that was very like shonen-y. And like, again, like, don't be wrong. Like, I love Dragon Ball. I love One Piece. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nasty boy that loves My Hero Academia as well. Like, I like a good shonen <laughs> thing, but I just wasn't really feeling these like high octane action kind of style over substance shows. And so I just assumed like, well all anime is like this. I don't really like anime. And so like I go to college and I meet my friends and one of my close friends, Eric is a huge anime fan. One of the biggest fans I know. And, um, he told me to come to our college's anime club because I didn't go the first semester. And he said, you have to come the second semester because the way our anime club worked was that uh, the club at the third semester would vote on about, I don't know, about a dozen shows to watch. And we'd watch one episode of every show every week. So like he'd be going through a show over the course of the entire semester, which is a great way to watch a lot of shows at once. And he told me about a particular show, um, Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt. And he was like, you would love this show. you got to come to Anime Club and watch this show. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't really know if I like anime. And he was like, you got to do it. And I was like, 
all right, for you, I'll do it. I'll show up for this one show. And it was the second show in the lineup. And the first show in the lineup was um, Poella Magica Modica, back when this was like mm. brand spanking new. So I would yeah, show that's up an at interesting the combination. Well, it, well, it's it was it was a wide <laughs> it's a wide gamut of stuff that we watched. Like yeah. that was pretty much my like trial by fire of falling in love with anime because I went specifically to watch Panty and Stocking and like Panty and Stocking, which is also a favorite of mine, is also like a touchstone for me because like that was the moment I realized that I was wrong about anime and that anime can literally look and feel like anything because that is what that show is. And mm-hmm. only as I've watched more anime, have I kind of gotten that like, Oh, well the joke of penny and stocking is that this show intentionally sucks, but it's also still really well made, but that's a whole other conversation on its own. But, um, Madoka was starting and Madoka is such a great, like baby's first anime. Cause like, if you think you know what anime is like, it betrays those expectations very satisfyingly and so like the the one two punch of those two shows just were like okay i have so much to learn about anime and even though i only stuck around for two shows of anime club this semester next semester i'm in it for the whole thing i'll stay for the whole like three four hour block of anime every week and just like watch like these like 16 shows at once like i'm in it let's go let's go and so the next semester i went one of the main shows one of the first shows we watched was Bacchino, which I guess at this point, Bacchino would have been about four or five years old. So, like, we usually were watching stuff that has had either just aired or was currently airing. So, this was one that just kind of made it in kind of into the voting reel as kind of like the president's choice or whatever. And, like, it, it unanimously made it in. And what's interesting, too, is that this is the one anime I remember watching in Anime Club that we watched the dub of because the dub for this show is pretty much universally loved, which is just like, completely and totally unexpected like there's yeah. always a waging war between like <laughs> subs and dubs but everyone i talk to about bacchino unanimously agrees it's a really good dub and it definitely is and so this was another one of those anime that just like completely blindsided me when we started it because like i had never seen america portrayed in this way in an anime which is not to say this is like a 100 accurate version of america but it's a really well-observed one that's very informed by kind of like a little a very light amount of history but definitely a lot of like mobster movies like a lot of blockbuster mobster movies from like the 80s 70s to the 90s and stuff like i had never seen america portrayed this way and what's wild too is i had never seen a story told in this fashion where the 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 cool thing about bakken and probably its biggest claim to fame is that the character the the show features this gigantic cast of characters like dozens and dozens of characters over at least three major points in time and the entire story is told non-linearly so you're constantly jumping back and forth between like what is the past the present and the future and between different characters in no specific order and at first it doesn't make any sense but as you keep watching it it becomes this puzzle that you solve and i'm a, I'm a sucker for big ensemble pieces um i'm a sucker for just kind of like that tone of it's kind of, it seems a little too serious at first, but the more time you spend with it, you realize it's really, really weird. It's like that perfect space that Metal Gear Solid lives in where like you think it's probably just like a military uh like a military wet dream kind of experience, but then you play like it. Jingoistic. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. this is this is this is anime. It's anime by a guy that's really angry that his country was bombed by nukes. Like this rules. I love this. And like Bakano also kind of did that weird like switcheroo where it's like you think you know what this is, but you don't. And by the time you reach the end, you're going to have a different understanding of the show than you did at the very start. And 
I just love the characters. I love the tone. I love the music. Um, the animation is still really strong too. Uh, it's got like the best freaking theme song in the world. I just fell in love with the show immediately. And it became like probably the, like, I think, I, I think this was the same semester. We actually were watching Nietzsche Joe, like, even on my worst weeks during college, which that was a bad semester, I knew that every Tuesday I was going to see a new episode of Bacchano and a new episode of Nietzsche Joe, and just both those things always left me so so energized. And I don't know, it just was one that really stuck with me very early on in my uh, in my uh, anime training, and it just really informed a lot of my tastes as far as if I'm going to see a show do something unconventional and unexpected, it kind of set the mark for like. You can do this. You don't have to have a gimmick and stop there. It's like you can have a gimmick and still put a really, really compelling story and characters behind it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's I mean that's that's about the extent of my that's about the extent of my like introduction to Buck and <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a great introduction. Um Yeah, I mean I think um for me well I'll in a minute I'll get to like my experience watching this show for the first time, which I'll warn you is going to be anticlimactic. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think that this, this show is interesting because it's simultaneously like very contrary to a lot of things that to, to a lot of like conventions in anime, especially the types of anime that are like, most popular in the United States mm-hmm. um, while also being like an amazing showcase for the form and for what like anime can do. Um, and I think that that positions Bakuno as a, like a really good entry point for a lot of people um, or like one that I would recommend um, for someone who's like, Oh yeah, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not super like into anime or whatever, but I, I'm willing to watch a show. Mm-hmm. Um is definitely like higher on that list for me than Madoka, that's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. it definitely has had a farther staying position for me than Madoka has. I still like Madoka, but it's like I feel way different about Madoka now, like ten years later, but I still basically feel the same way about Bakano. Yeah, I think um like when you were talking a, a thing that I, I was thinking about is um i also like when i was a kid um dragon ball was really big um power rangers was big which w- was like toku stuff um and i was not that big into a lot of it which was kind of unusual and looking back on it now i i kind of understand because i was like you know covertly watching sailor moon and stuff um i was like in middle school and feeling ashamed that I wanted to watch Magic Knight Ray Earth, which is now just one of my favorite shows. You, um, I, I have like a very specific memory of um, in that same time when I was watching Dragon Ball, Toon Disney was still around and they aired Kiki's Delivery Service, which I recognize as that movie that was the end of every Pokemon tape. And I remember <laughs> switching back and forth between like Kiki's and Cartoon Network being like, is it okay for me to watch this? And like, that was, that was probably like, a, like, like the first time I ever had to actually like confront my own like gender identity. But I have that distinct memory of being like, am I allowed to like this movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was one of those things where like, I, I look back on it now and I, 
I feel like Ghost Divers, we still, we've like covered a, a fair amount of um, shoujo more than like uh, some anime podcasts out there, I'm sure do. Uh, but also like definitely a, a lot of the anime that comes over to the West still like leans towards um, male sure. demographic stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I do feel like in general, we haven't watched as much of like the really big shonen stuff. Um you know, I don't think we're ever going to watch Naruto on this show. And that's not that, like, I think that Naruto is, like, terrible or something. But one, it's just huge. It's just, just sprawling. Um, and also, if I'm going to tackle something really big on this podcast, it's probably going to be Sailor Moon. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's also one of the things if, like, I'm known for being, like, a little jaded and, um, like... I, I can have a chip on my shoulder sometimes about Madoka. Um, and I think some of it is just like, you know, I was in high school watching Utena. And so there's a part of me that's just like, oh, like people always point at Madoka and they're like, oh, look, this like thing that's revolutionizing like magical girl anime. And I'm like, it's, it's all this. They just condensed it down into fewer episodes. And so more people watched it. Um, mm-hmm. But, and I, I think there's still a certain advantage to that. Like, Bakano is definitely one of the most non-linear things that I've watched uh, that feels really unique and, and makes this like stand along like stand out more. But there's also a certain like the more that I feel like if I just watched this and I hadn't seen like a lot of other stuff that was coming out of light novels, it would have completely blown me away. And mm-hmm. now I'm watching it being like, oh, OK, like I, I can like situate this more in a context. Um, it's still a really good one from what I've seen so far. Um but also, like, it's short. And, again, that just helps yeah. with something being, like, a good introduction, I think. Um, it's very hard to tell someone, like, yeah, you should sit down and watch all of Sailor Moon. Uh, that's just a really tall order to say to someone um, if you're, like, trying to introduce them to what anime can do. Uh, it's so much... It's easier to say Utena, and it's even easier to say Madoka uh, because it's just less episodes that people have to watch. Um and I, I think like there is a certain strength in that that brevity, um, but I do also think that this what I've seen so far of this feels a little bit more um, singular with like just how much it's it's like messing around with how it's presenting the narrative to you uh, in a way that's that's fun and exciting, even if it sometimes feels a little bit like a MacGuffin to me that they're jumping around so much. Um, mm. It's still a fun MacGuffin. <laughs> Yeah, and what's great about its length too is that like they do a really good job of like the the part of the story that they decide to focus on is pretty self-contained. You could watch this show and never follow up on any of the other like books to see more of the story. But this literally is just the tip of the iceberg of like of Bacano the story because it goes on for many, 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 many more volumes past just this particular arc so if somebody really likes it you can always tell them too it's like if you really just want to see the further adventures of of isaac and miria and Ladarusso and stuff guess what there's like 20 more books you can read and they just keep going for like years and years and years <laughs> but you can also wow. just not Even I didn't know and be happy with it yeah i had no idea that it was like that expansive is oh, yeah, it um, like is it done but, now or is it still going Oh yeah, I, th- I think it's wrapped up. I don't think it's something that's still going, but the big thing about it is that uh, it didn't have an official translation until really, really recently, like like the mm. last four years recently. And the only way to read in America was 
a quite frankly kind of abysmal fan translation. It was very literally translated, so it was kind of actually unreadable. But the translations that I believe Viz is putting out, I think it's Viz. Um, it's very well done. It's easily, it's very digestible because it's it's a light novel. Like, like it's it's like if if you're listening, and you're not familiar with what a light novel is. It's the midway point between a manga and a actual like novel the closest thing we probably have to it in america is probably something like a not exactly like a dime store novel but think like a goosebumps or a babysitter's club where it's like you could get one of these you probably could devour it in a day or longer if you want but you can just read it and there's more of them if you want to just keep reading them and they're inexpensive and just easy to keep on you for the day or something yeah it's one is a it is kind of in this like um YA space that I think like exists in the US but there there is like a different connotation with it and a different um like I don't fully know the history uh of light novels but it is like there is that certain pulp quality and I I um I wonder if there's a certain amount of this that um it makes sense because it fits into like in Japan you can go to basically a cafe where they just have like you pay to enter and they just have a bunch of manga and you can just sit around and read manga on the shelves and it's like mm-hmm. there will never be like the closest that you can get to being able to read manga in the US the way that like manga can be consumed in Japan is to like literally just start pirating it because it's so much more of expensive of a hobby in the US. Hey, um, don't discount the experience of being a teenager <laughs> and hanging out in the aisle of Barnes yeah, and Nobles and I, reading anything that's not <laughs> shrink wrapped. I'm I'm currently just like obsessed with uh Nana and when I was a uh, in um I actually figured out the timeline. This would have been like the summers when I was home from undergrad those first few years. Uh but I read volumes of or chapters of Nana that were published in Shoujo B and I would sit in borders and I would read them. Um, but so like, there is still like going to the library and getting manga as well is I, I think like closer to the way that a lot of people in Japan consume this. And also just like the cost of a, a Tankoban even um, is so much cheaper in Japan than it is in the U S uh, it's printed on very like cheap, shitty paper and everything. Mm-hmm. Um it's usually a little bit smaller than the ones printed in the U.S. And often we end up getting like versions of the nicer ones that get published for really big series. Um, I mean, but as anyway, I understand it, like you're almost intended to actually just dispose of them when you're done with them. Like you don't have a yeah. library of all your shonen jumps; you just get rid of it when you're done. But meanwhile, you know you have like a shelf of every single manga volume of Shaman <laughs> King if you read it in America or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's the other the like the magazines. There's just so many different like pulp magazines that that publish the stuff as well um but yeah and I, I think like light novels developed in in a similar format where stuff like chapters would get published in like a giant and like the the magazines in japan are even cheaper printing and in order to make it legible it's like basically a phone book um in terms of the size if you've ever seen them um and so i think a lot of light novels actually originally got published in these like pulp magazines that were more like that um and then ended up getting into similar like tankoban style things which i can then see like okay this easily fits into like yeah you could go to a manga cafe and then also read light novels um and again like the closest that i feel like we have in the u.s is is, like going to a library or just like pirating the stuff um especially for if you're trying to read like lots of manga, um, depending on your library, it may not have like everything that you want. Um, 
of course, still go like buy stuff and support things. I'm not just saying pirate a bunch of manga all the time, but um, which legit. By just... the way, if there's any librarians out there that are listening to this, um, if you're stocking your library with manga, please start from ish- start from volume one and don't skip any because the second you do yes. that, no one will read them. That's the most important thing you can do. Ask your readers what they're reading. Get them all in order, and you'll be good. They will get read. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it and so light novel kind of comes up in that space, which I feel like it is different than like how the YA novel arises in the U.S. But I think there's like some similar comparisons. I think the other thing you compare it to is some of that, like you're talking about pulp, which is like I think I think of a lot of sci-fi and fantasy, like a lot of the speculative fiction stuff in particular in the U.S. Um, yeah. as well as like romance. Um, Mm -hmm. stuff where like, yeah, you go and you buy a really cheaply printed romance novel, um, at Walmart while you're shopping for groceries or whatever. Um, and if you think about like, you go home and you you read through it really fast and yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry to interject, like publishing them in like magazines and like, you know, just cranking stuff out like chapter by chapter. Yeah. Um, but I think that's kind of like useful to th- to think about with these things. Um, and what happened in Japan is um, I-, I feel like there were like already inroads before this. Uh, one of the biggest ones that had this big breakout hit was actually Slayers, um, which I talked about a little bit when we did uh, Ray Earth. Um, that actually started as a light novel, got like manga and anime and everything off of it. Um, but uh, Haruhi, I know in particular, is like highlighted as a moment where there is this big explosion of light novels, people reading light novels um, in Japan, and it like really becoming um, together with manga, like very similar uh, in terms of like demographics of who was reading them. Um, and this is like definitely at the very beginning of like, you know, it's just a few years I think after Haruhi, so. Um. Anyway, do you do you want to do your experience of the first time reading this, Connor? Um, well, that first time reading this is in the future, so or no, the, your first time <laughs> watching this. Yes, thank you, viewers, for for your patience and while well, we correct our error. There. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, we touched as we touched on earlier. Um, you know, JC and Eve and I, we all. We're all friends. We've known each other for a few years now. Um, and at one point in time, JC recommended like Bacchano. Um, and as most people who regularly listen to Ghost Divers know by now, um, I'm very susceptible to a good anime recommendation from a trusted friend. Um, so I was like, okay. Um, and then went off and watched it. Um, coincidentally, the, that time frame also intersected with the time frame where I was like, probably at my lowest <laughs> in terms of like, just smoking a lot of weed, like just <laughs> using like a lot of drugs. Um, and I think Bacchino like one of the one of the things that I remember is like very diligently getting very high before watching every single episode <laughs> of the anime 
Um, and then, like, I did that, and then just, like, it, like, I remember enjoying it also. Um, but, like, I watched it under those conditions, and then I, like, didn't engage with it again for years. Like, I just stopped, like, thinking about it. Um, and then when it was, like, you know, and then we were planning to, like, do Machino for Ghost Divers, and, when we like made this plan, I, I didn't really think about it too much then either. I was just kind of like, oh yeah, Bacchino, like we're podcasting with JC, like this is going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to this. Um, I know I like Bacchino, so yeah, like I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, and then I had this moment, I think it was like last week. Um, I was having dinner with Sarah and she was like, oh, hey, like, are you, you know, what are you, what, what are you podcasting or what show are you all watching this time? And I was like, Oh, we're watching this show called Bacchino. Um, I've seen it before, yada, yada. Uh, and she was like, Oh, what's it about? And I was like, well, um, <laughs> and I just like froze because I like on it. I like could not remember. So I'm just going to tell you, like, I'm just going to say now, like, what I said in that moment before I started rewatching the show, I was like, so, uh, the show, like it's set in like Europe somewhere and there's a train and I can't remember like what the significance of the train is, but there's a lot of characters and they're all like on this train and it has like, somehow like wine is very important. Like it has to do with wine. And there's a guy who's like really creepy who eats people with his hand. Yeah. And he like, does. also there's like somehow like immortality is involved, but like, it's like some of them are immortal, but I don't know why. And she's just like looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, you dear listener, as you watch along can see how accurate was Connor. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, I I, I know that, like, like, it somehow centers around, like, a bottle of wine or, like, like a kind of wine or, like, wine itself. I mean, it's significant enough that I literally have in my notes for every episode about where is the bottle this time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I remembered the bottle. um, And that was it. I was just like, yeah. And then I I don't remember. And then I told her why I didn't remember. um, And she laughed. Um, so then I started rewatching it and then we were having like dinner. I had watched a few episodes and we were having dinner and I was like, oh, by the way, so like, this is what Baku is actually about. So it's actually set in like, like prohibition era United States, (laughs) um, like not set in Europe at all. Uh, and it's not wine. It's an elixir of immortality. And like, you know, here's all of the ways that I was wrong. Um, so all of this to say, like, my initial experience with Bacchino was just, like, obliterated in a cloud of smoke. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of, like, sometimes when this, like, happens to me, when I'm like, oh, yeah, I was just, like, so high during that period that I don't really don't remember much. And now I'm, like, watching it again. I I can, like, make some connections retroactively. I can, like, you know, 
retrieve some of my experience and like memory mm-hmm. um watching it through this time i'm just like oh yeah real tracer was a thing do you do you, <laughs> do you feel like you remember enough that like watching it this time you feel like you're you remember the right details that the first half of the show feels more like answers than it might feel like questions um oh yes if that there's makes like sense. there's enough like connections in my brain like there's enough like stored in my brain even though i can't access it like readily but I, I, when i'm watching the show it feels like a lot more intelligible because mm-hmm. like on some level my like my brain has like seen this show before and it might not be like the information might not be stored in an area of memory that i can access like readily but it's like still stored in there so as i'm watching through this stuff my brain is like oh yeah yeah, yeah. like this all makes sense but i yeah. don't know why this is constant <laughs> deja vu yeah basically um and some of it like i don't even remember the exact events it's not like oh yeah that like i remember that event like i remember when lad russo shoots that guy it's but when it happens it just like makes sense it's like it just like fits into a slot in my brain that like feels right and i'm like oh okay yeah yeah that 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 makes sense um so that's basically my experience watching bakuno um i'm enjoying it uh again um i don't know if it was more or less than last time um but i'm still enjoying it very much um and well okay i'll but I'll revise my statement. Like I'm enjoying it more <laughs> this time because mm-hmm. I'm like actually engaging with it critically in a way that first of all, like less important, but still like relevant because Bacchano is Bacchano. I think when you're going through it, like you're just making like piecing together the narrative and like the cast of characters and, and just like, wrapping your head around all of that is like a cognitive task in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's one of those shows where it's like, it's easier to watch once and then watch again and be like, okay, now I'm going to like engage with this like on a thematic level and like analyze it. And cause I know who all the characters are and like, I know like roughly like, what their motivations are and then what like the symbolic significance is um, for each of these characters. And when you have like the whole matrix like laid out, mm-hmm. it's easier to like, then watch it again and be like, Oh, this is happening here. Um, because this character and this character like in this are relating in this way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all of that said, like for the first time I watched it, I think, you know, I was just taking it in like like anybody would be. Um, but then also, like, the second more important reason, like, because I was just super high. So <laughs> I probably wasn't, you know, um, critically engaging with it, like, to, to the same um, to the same degree that I am now. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's my experience with Bacchino. Um, for for a lot of reasons, I'm really glad we're doing it uh, again now. Um, and I look forward to, uh, you know, doing it with you, JC. 
and uh, mm-hmm. sharing it with with the listeners. Um, before we kick to work cited, uh, I, I do want to, after that, just say one funny thing, which is, so I watched the, the first two episodes, which were the ones that I had seen before, um, on Monday, we were recording this, uh, Saturday. Um, and then, uh, Tuesday, my toddler was homesick from daycare and was homesick through Thursday. Uh, and normally I watch anime on my lunch break. I, I do like, cause I work from home. So I get on like a exercise bike and I watch two episodes a day. Um, and I wasn't able to do that because I had to watch a toddler during my lunch break. Yes, this um, is a very toddler unfriendly show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I didn't want to just like put this on. I, I, you know, my toddler was primarily watching TV or like just doing. We like set up a little table and a chair that's like their workspace so that they can also work, which just involves like coloring and, and little activities. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of TV because we have to focus on work and. Um, can't just like be super hands-on with a toddler during sick days uh so i'm not gonna like take my my lunch and then spend it like just watching tv with my toddler that's like i'm really going to actually stimulate you and then uh and like we'll do fun activities and then you will go i'll put you down for a nap and get back to work uh which means that uh, I watched those first two episodes and I didn't watch the show until uh, Thursday night where I watched four episodes that night. And then Friday, um, my toddler was finally back to daycare uh, and I watched the episode seven and eight. Um, and what happened in between Monday and Thursday and uh, watching a sick toddler is that I completely forgot um, that some of the, the characters are... There, there are a few character designs that are very similar in the show. Uh, in mm-hmm. particular, um, Dallas and Luck. Uh, ha- have yeah, they're some... all brothers after all. <laughs> um, and so, and it Wait, like no, they aren't. See, I'm the, doing it now too. Yeah. The <laughs> the uh, I was like, are you revealing something I don't know yet? Um, <laughs> the uh... and I was like, wait. Hold on. I don't no, remember. I, I was thinking of Keith. <laughs> Keith. Keith and Lucker yes. Brothers, not Dallas. <laughs> yes, Keith. Keith also looks very similar, but it's easier to differentiate because he's usually there uh, with one of the other ones. So anyway, um, and at first I, I ended up stopping doing this because I was like, the first time I saw the the um, like intro with the theme song, I was like, Oh, it's funny. There are so many characters that they just like remind you of the names of every single character at the beginning of every episode. That kind of makes sense though. Cause like you get thrown into this so fast. It's like oh, yeah. hard to keep track of everyone. Um, and so it was not until like episode six, I think five or six that I was like, Oh, those are separate people because they like got into an argument with each other or something. Like they were both in the same scene. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) I forgot that you were separate people. Um, so yeah, definitely like the mental task of keeping everything, uh, on track is something that I was kind of trying to do. And at a certain point I was like, I'm just going to like, I'm going to kind of try and do a little bit of this, but I'm also just going to kind of trust that like in the discussion, like JC and maybe Connor can cover that. And I just want to like focus on what mm-hmm. else is happening in the show. Um, but yeah, it, it is a big part of it. I mean, um, I, I think legit the first time I watched this show and we'll talk about it in the next episode, but the first episode literally just introduces you to every character 
And a lot of those characters don't really come back again to the point you're talking about, which is about five or six. I think the first time I watched it, I straight up forgot those characters existed, especially Dallas, even though he's literally in the theme song. He's the last person you see in the theme song every time. Well, and people keep talking about Dallas, but you don't see him in a way where like, in my head, I was just like, oh, this guy, because often Locke would show up and they wouldn't like people wouldn't call him that he would just be there and i'm just like oh that's dallas <laughs> um yeah uh anyway do we want to throw to work cited or do people have final comments uh i mean i guess my fi- I, if i have any final comments i mean bakken was really worth watching word to the wise though uh if you're not down with the sickness that is uh <coughs> piracy uh it's kind of a hard show to find because this is a show that's made by our good friends at Anyplex who like to charge top dollar for everything they've got. Because Funimation yeah. used to have this, then Anyplex took the rights back when the rights expired for Funimation. So it is turbo out of print in America. And when Funimation had it, it used to be on every streaming service, even like YouTube before that was a thing. You could watch that show anywhere. So it's a little hard to find, but if you know where to look or you got a friend with like the DVDs or heaven forbid the Blu-ray, like... It's worth tracking down, and we hate Blu-ray subscribers. Yeah, this is this is this is one case in which, like, I'm not a huge endorser of piracy. I don't condemn it, but this is one case where I'd say, like, it's probably okay. It's often probably okay to pirate Anaplex stuff because they charge too much for everything. Um, this is the first show that we've watched on Ghost Divers. This isn't even a joke. This is the first show that I have had to pirate in order to watch it. Um. Everything else I have, like, it's either been streaming or I've already owned, like, DVDs or Blu-rays of it. Um, and then I guess we can wrap this up. Um, so next episode, we will be discussing episodes one through eight of Bacchano. You can write into the podcast at ghostdiverspod at gmail.com, and we will answer those when we get to the question bucket. Um, go to exportodd.io to support the network. Who knows? By the time you hear this, maybe there's an actual like dedicated website there. Otherwise, it'll just kick you straight to the Patreon, which does have links to all the shows on there, I believe. Um, and if you give a dollar to the network, you'll get um, early access to a number of podcasts. Not this one, but you will get early access to my other podcast, Ornate Stairwells, where we watch movies and talk about them. Um, and... You can follow the podcast at Ghost Divers Pod. You can follow me at Fox Mom Nia. Um, you can also follow me at Media of Underscore Pile. That's just where I will tweet as I'm like reading something or watching something or whatever. It's kind of my like reaction feed. Um, where can people follow you, Connor? You can follow me at Rabelais, R-A-B-B-L-E-A-I-S. Uh, lots of great content over there. Uh, yeah, JC, and- you like my content, right? I yeah. I you love content. I'm also a garbage boy it. for content. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. She sees yeah. on my Twitter all the time. Yeah. Um, and where can people follow you if you want people to follow you on Twitter? I guess I can understand if you don't. <laughs> uh, who who me? Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Please do. That is semi a part of my job. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sonic9JCT. I use the same name everywhere because I'm too lazy to come up with something since like 2003, and I probably should find a different name, but whatever. It works. Sonic9JCT. Um, I, I'm, I'm the uh, brand manager over at the Yeti, so every Thursday... Uh, I host a stream office hours that's usually at 2 p.m. Central. Uh, 
we we play games we check out new we check out like records that we have at the yeti uh sometimes we have like tasting things we did like a we did like um what do we do we had one where we tasted a bunch of like uh japanese and chinese potato chips we had an american american uh canadian snack face off uh we 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 will we have we had like a horror stream we played some pt whatever's just going on in the office at the time we're just kind of generally just like uh seeing what's going on so you can tune into those every uh Thursday at 2 p.m. If you head to yeti.tv, that's Y-E-T-E-E dot TV. That'll take you straight to our Twitch channel. You can catch it there. Uh, if you're coming from the podcast, feel free to give a shout out. I'll give you a shout out right back because I can see that stream while I'm that chat while I'm going on the stream. But uh, that's mostly what I have going on. That's worth uh, checking out. Uh, and I, I do I do art. I guess my art's worth checking out. But yeah, you can catch me there on on Twitter. If I if I'm doing anything worth seeing, you'll see it on my Twitter feed. Just follow me there. Now let me ask. So, in the American Canadian snack face-off, mm-hmm. I assume that the ketchup flavored chips from Canada, like, conquered conquered the American snacks. Did we have ketchup chips? I don't remember. I actually don't remember. I don't think we had ketchup chips there. I think we did have a bag of all dressed, but I've had all dressed before. Mm. And in the past few years, you actually can get all dressed chips almost anywhere in Illinois, surprisingly. Mm. But um. They had some like shredded potato stick things that were pretty good. Um, they had maple fudge that was really good. Um, and then of course the king of all Canadian snacks, the coffee crisp. That is the best piece of food you can get at Canada right now. Like my God, if you go to Canada, bring back a crate of coffee crisp with you. You won't be sorry. <laughs> or or don't. We don't know what's legal and illegal to import into the United States. <sighs> Not I an mean, official illegally import coffee crisp. I mean, the last time I was pirate there, media like, and and break customs laws. <laughs> pirate, pirate anime import coffee crisp. If you learn one thing today, uh, the last time I was in Canada, my friend tried to send me home with some mooncakes, and um, at at the uh, what do you call it? the customs? They asked if I had anything with egg in it, and I said these mooncakes probably do. And then they detained me so they could check out the mooncakes. And I was in like the customs room, and it's all people with like giant ass guns and hunting trophies and it's me with my little box of chinese mooncakes and i'm like my plane leaves in 15 minutes i really don't have time for this just take the mooncakes eat them throw them away i don't <laughs> give a shit i gotta get in that plane because i gotta go to work in an hour <laughs> it's all part of the plan take the mooncakes yeah, yeah lesson learned was lie to customs <laughs> pirate anime import coffee crisp lie to customs that's what yeah. i have to say smuggle uh, invasive also- species inside your mooncakes also, by the time people are listening to this, you can no longer give money on the eShop for the Nintendo 3DS. Um, you can still go download things, which means before the eShop like fully shutters and you can't download things anymore, make sure you go and you download Pokemon uh, Picross so that you can do the, the easy hack method to hack your 3DS so that you can play things on that. Hack okay. your 3DS. Um, yes, hacking a 3ds. This is, is this has so all it. been parody. So, um, <laughs> any law enforcement officials listening to this, uh, you cannot arrest us for this. It is all parody. Yeah, but this is yeah, this is not representative. We're of our just opinions. joking around. Where's the legal disclaimer that we can roll on the bottom <laughs> yeah. of this? Um. All right. I see yeah, you next time, everybody. See unless you next we get time. Arrested. Uh, check out after the the ending theme if you want to hear content warnings uh, as well as just us goofing around so um, bye see ya bye
So in terms of content warning, um, really the big thing in this is that there's just a lot of depiction of uh, violence uh, that especially goes into the territory of like torture, murder, blood and gore. Um, some of the stuff is couched within the main conceit of the series, which is that uh, there are these immortals. And so um, if they were, say, really seriously injured, uh, where they maybe even lost a limb or something, um, that limb would like move back and reform with their body. Um, and so I think some of that allows them to turn up the violence, although there's also a fair amount of depiction of um, the death of mortals as well and dead bodies and things like that um, that you know aren't going to come back to life. Um, there's also a, a way that the immortals can be um, killed that involves like this kind of um, sucking in of the immortal into another person's body that uh, could be unpleasant to watch. Um, but I would say most of this just kind of lands in that territory of like blood gore. Um, there's some discussion and depiction of torture as well. Um, for the most part, there there's only one um, episode that kind of starts to like suggest sexual violence but for the most part it is it is not really um in this territory of sexual violence um but uh you'll you'll know the episode where it's going to be because it's the one that takes place like further in the past on a boat um so if you get to that episode uh there's a lot of information on that episode i wouldn't say necessarily just skip it um and it, it's there's not too much um actual depiction of like a sexual violence it's just kind of in some of the dialogue uh it kind of tinges some of it but um i would say for for the most part it's just uh this like dismemberment um lots of blood um scenes of torture um and also one of the the immortals is a, a small child um and that is uh could be a extra upsetting to someone because you're seeing a, a small child um being like decapitated and things um so those are those are really the the big things um the other thing i'll say about some of the stuff is that it um it, it is at times especially as i think it goes on uh like humor is involved in some of this violence which um could lessen the effect for some people or could actually intensify it because uh you know, it's kind of being laughed at. So, um, that, that would maybe be one of the other things to, um, just be wary of. Um, otherwise there's sort of some elements of like horror and demons, um, and demon summoning. Um, not really anything in terms of, of possession though. Um, and I think that's about it. Like really it is just this like violence, gore, everything like that. Um, I will say though, if you are wanting to look into more specific details of some of this stuff, just to like really gauge your ability, um, the IMDB parents guide for Bacano, I think is the, the best, like most comprehensive discussion of some of this stuff. Um, and so that would be the one that I would recommend looking into. Um, I guess there's also some depictions of like lots of smoking, um, alcohol, things like that it's sort of takes place during prohibition with gangster characters um so there's also a lot of depiction of sort of like um this like kind of more old-timey uh you know like chicago mobster uh vibe uh violence and, and crime and uh vice um in there 
So that's basically it for for content warnings. Uh, also, just to note, we didn't forget to um, talk about works cited. There just aren't any works cited. Um, I had a little part where I threw to it, and I just clipped it out because nothing went in there. Um, so yeah, I I'm gonna just like immediately jump into us starting or us ending the podcast. So you'll get to hear that, and we'll go from there. Uh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and then we can we can start the next. Yeah, episode. I really need okay. to go to the bathroom. Uh, should I should I go ahead and stop this recording and start uh, a new one for the next chunk? You can just leave we it running. Yeah, we generally just leave it running. All yeah. right, cool. Uh, I'm gonna get a refill on my tea. I think my water should still be hot. Yeah, I've, I've totally done that before too with stuff I record. Where like, I think I think you do like enough episodes of a podcast, and you're like, man, there's like a good conversation we had. I could have slipped in, or I could have put at the end of it. It's like, hey, just let your thing roll for like a good like ten minutes before we start, and we'll just we'll just be rolling. That's what we'll do. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm recording now. Now recording. All right. You said that with like the same like voice as like the uh, <laughs> the fucking game awards where it's like world exclusive. <laughs> um, it's to... the voice of Craig, uh, which we, <laughs> yeah. When we first started, we had Craig uh, in here doing backups, but um, as we learned from when I was trying to record the like individual sessions we were doing for the tabletop group, Craig is a fucking um, flake. Yeah, Craig as well as <laughs> Giark now are just like both very unreliable, so. Um, Gear, I just Gear don't even bother anymore. While. Yeah, yeah. But um, then it, it was just like, uh, you really are, you really are Craig's brother, aren't you? Yeah. But yeah, it's like our mantra. Ever, like even even though that Craig is completely unreliable and we don't use him anymore, mm-hmm. uh, it's still like, it's it's good to like invoke his spirit. <laughs> yeah, we, we like found that it's board. actually the the best of both worlds because really with the best benefit of craig you don't use craig you just like <laughs> you know just like summoning him like helps put you in the the right frame of mind you know you channel him yeah. Yeah. yeah so just like invoking him but also not even having him here because like we don't want him that's yeah. That's the best. We are we are just remembering that back in 1711, someone drew a pentagram on the ground and did summon Craig for the very first time. Um, <laughs> yeah, and now, but you know, you always have to remember, like, if you're thinking of him, he's he's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, Nia got the got the recipe for how to make and edit a podcast and shared half the information with Connor. And now I'm just hoping I might get lucky enough to get some information from you. That's that's why I'm here today. <laughs> Oh, wait, hold on, um, hold on. So, guys, someone's knocking at my, or, uh, <laughs> yeah, friends, someone's knocking at my door. Um, <laughs> hold on one second. Oh, I was sure if it was a bitter, bitter or not. It was like, oh, did we actually <laughs> stop? Is, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know with Connor sometimes. I mean, I've been I've been playing Silent Hill this afternoon, so I'm kind of already in like a in like a what is real kind of space to begin with. Uh, yeah, I was just joking. I was gonna pretend that I was that I was eaten by Sheilard. Okay. Um, sorry. Sometimes, like the other thing, JC is you know, most of the time for us, it's like I I wish it was like oh yeah, we had this great like insightful conversation that we want to capture. And that's why mm-hmm. we start recording. 
when we're bullshitting. But really, it's like, hey, that bullshit was kind of funny. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a good warm up. I find that it's really good for like disarming everybody and getting everybody to just like, because like, I know you've ever had that where you have the pre show conversation and you're like, yeah, 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 we're talking real people. And then you know you're recording and you go into like robot mode and it's like, hold on, pump the brakes a little bit here. <laughs> Bakuno yeah. is an anime produced in <laughs> such and such year. Um,. Before we do a time that is clap, do we want to do a drink check? Sure. Um, this is a thing we regularly do, JC. Mm-hmm. Um, I already finished the tea that I had in here. Um, I'm I'm a little bit sick. People can maybe hear it in my voice. Um, so I had tea, and then um, because I'm a little bit sick, I'm also having the official drink of Ghost Divers, uh, which is Squirt. Um, oh, but I, yes. it is in the form of a juice treat, which is a uh, squirt mixed with orange juice, which is just a great, if you're, if you're feeling a little sick. Mm. Yeah. And then I a have a squirt water. always makes you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> JC, have you ever had squirt? Um, I think I have. It's, it's cause squirt's kind of regional, isn't it? Um, May- maybe I think, I think, I think anyone can have squirt. But like yeah. squirt's kind of like it's like what RC Cola is to Coca Cola, that is to Seven Up, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Y- yeah, <laughs> I think like I don't, I don't, I actually don't know. I don't know how to evaluate that analogy. It's been a long time since I've had RC Cola. I mean, I'm, I'm literally only thinking about it because I drove past an RC Cola truck yesterday, and I was like, I don't think I've thought about RC Cola in like eight years. <laughs> Is, um, I love okay, RC so, Cola. Isn't RC Cola like a Michigan thing? Uh, I, I had it in Virginia, mm. so it goes as far east as the mid-Atlantic. Yeah, I remember having it in Florida, too. But I just... What's the RC stand for? Real Cola. Actually, I think it's Royal Crown Cola. Yeah, it is Royal Crown. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I would say Squirt is like... Superior to Seven Up, probably. Yeah. It's also a little more like it's a different citrus, like flavor profile, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do um, y'all remember when they had a special Seven Up where they turned the bottle upside down and instead of Seven Up, it was now DNL. Yeah, DNL. <laughs> what? Um, do you not <laughs> know this, Connor? No. Hold on. Um, type in like lowercase D N and then uppercase L. Um. I feel like it was kind of like Seven Up trying to do like a Mountain Dew, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is literally just like Seven Up turned upside down, and so it's DNL. It's just this is cool. hilarious. <laughs> I I hope whoever I came up this. with that got like a huge raise, got a huge bonus at work. They yeah. absolutely should have. This is amazing. <laughs> this is something that uh, should come back. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. I liked it, was, it more than 7-Up. I'm not a fan of 7-Up. They should have just, like, somehow, like, completely, like, reversed the ratios of all the ingredients. It should have been, like, <laughs> like, it's, like, 2% water, 98% xanthan gum. The an- the anti-7-Up. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, anti-soda. Uh, it's just, it's just goop. It's, like, slime. Or like putty. 
Okay, okay, so Connor, what's what's your drink check then? Oh yeah. Uh I've got some DNL here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Sorry, I'm now I'm like looking at the uh ingredients label <laughs> for seven up to imagine what Inverted what seven it, up would be. What inverted seven up would be. I mean, Satan, that's well Satanic the- seven up. <laughs> I mean, Seven Up is already the uncola. So, what do you get if you make the opposite of that? I don't know. What two negatives cancel each other out, right? So <laughs> you just, just get a black hole. Creates <laughs> 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 a void. <laughs> it's like um, we see DNL. You better keep it the hell out of the room with the same, same room as don't that open with Seven it. Up. <laughs> I like I like <clears throat> type, typing in DNL into Google and just seeing. Like DNL or Deutsche Nochvox, <laughs> um, or, yes. or disseminated necrotizing leukoencephalop. <laughs> I mean, leukoencephalopathy. That um, sounds horrific. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to know what that is. Um. <laughs> Just from this little preview, I am not going to click into it any further. Uh, it's also <laughs> known as multiple necrotizing leukoencephalopathy, and it is a clinical entity with a poorly understood <laughs> dot dot dot. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, I looked it up. It's what is? Is it horrifying? Le- I mean, it's Leuco- got necro in the, in the name. <laughs> yeah. Leuco- any, anytime something is necrotizing it seems bad yes um and especially if you're talking about encephalo which is like brain that yeah that's a good point Disse- disseminated <laughs> yeah no you're exactly right so disseminated necrotizing leukoencephalopathy is characterized by multiple microscopic foci of white matter necrosis is is this just basically just like the amygdala and, and bloodborne or something? It sounds like a bloodborne enemy you're describing. <laughs> this this is so like this condition, whatever it is, is so like horrific and devastating that it can't even be explained like in more than like fewer than three sentences. My god, maybe it is it is more like bloodborne than I thought. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, seems terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it basically like your brain just like is like randomly decaying all over. It's wild. Yeah, DNA. Uh, you should have checked that SEO first. <laughs> well, <laughs> this this says it was recently discovered, so maybe maybe it's the other way around. Yeah, it's, it's like that. It's like the Pac Man or the Sonic uh, bacteria. Somebody just was a fan of DNA. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we just discovered this condition where that's basically the most horrifying shit ever. Like, what do you want to name that? Oh, oh you know, Remember there was a soda. soda. <laughs> I loved it. I, I wish they would bring it back. I shall immortalize it. <laughs> I love this shit when I was 19. Uh, yeah. Let's just like, let's just like DNL. What do you think? Um, um so, Connor, oh, you're drinking wow. DNL. Yeah, no, I'm I'm drinking. So, okay, I've got three drinks because, uh, spoiler alert for the audience, we're recording the intro and the episode one for Bacchano tonight. Um, yeah. If the audience ever hears this, so um, yeah, I'm drinking water. 
I'm drinking, I'm still drinking this German Irish lager that I started mm-hmm. drinking for our Ghost in the Shell 2017 episode. Um, yeah. Just like trudging my way through this, this six pack. Um, JC, for you, I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate briefly. Mm-hmm. It's Westside Brewing, which is like a, I guess, a brewery near here. Um, because it says Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's called the GIL, and it's the German Irish style lager. Interesting. I'm intrigued. Because I do this like mean, a good lager. What this means, I, I still don't understand, but let's see. Oh, okay. Now you tell me on the back. Uh, our tribute to Cincinnati's heritage of both Irish and German immigrants. This mashup takes the malt recipe of a classic Irish red. Irish red ale. Mm. Our German lager yeast and a mix of both traditional German and Irish hops to create a deep amber lager with light caramel and toffee flavors and a dry, Ooh. clean finish. That sounds real nice, actually. That sounds all right. Mm. Yeah, Although after I can reading also, the description, it, it takes it tastes better than it did before. Wait, quick, 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 quick uh, tip, tip check here. What's the what's the language threshold here? Are we talking PG, PG-13? Whatever R. unrated. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I would fuck with that lager. That sounds like a good lager. Ghost <laughs> um, Divers is unrated. The last time that I, I think the last time that this lager came up, uh, I tried to somehow make a, a Jilf joke out of it. Um <laughs> So that's um, where we're at. God, I love vloggering. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think Ghost Divers is a video nasty. So good, good. Yeah, because I'm, so, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little it. garbage boy. Give me, give me the trash. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. So one thing, um, I don't know if any progress will have been made on this by the time this goes out. Um, currently this has been somewhat stymied by me being constantly sick, but um, we're looking into like getting a, a more official website for uh, the export audio network. Um, and then also potentially doing some like uh, print on demand shirts as mm-hmm. part of it. Um, and as I've been doing that, I remembered that technically there has been one official shirt of ghost divers so far, uh, which is, I made a, a joke unlocked about, um, milf man i love phlebotoming and then it got turned into an actual shirt sold by an icelandic <laughs> newspaper i don't know if you know this jc um but if you go to to grapevine.is i think it's still available um and you go to their store you go to shop shop.grapevine.is and you just search for milf um, you'll find a shirt that was made based off of a joke that I made on Twitter. Uh, it's got a trout jumping. Go to AOL keyword milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see it. Yep. Um, I gave uh, permission to to Cyborg Ninja to to make this shirt um, and sell oh, wait, it. I think so. I remember when this happened. Actually, I think I remember seeing you posting about this yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> I I own this shirt. I almost wore it today. Um, and yeah, people can still go and buy it if they want. So um, that's so far the sh- the one official. Sh- piece it's on of page merch. three. If you just go to the, it's the first result on page three. If I need to buy this. Like I need to buy this and like wear it on one of my streams at work. I, I like wearing like fun street shirts on stream, and it's like I'd even get away with this one. Why not? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's great too because the the text was kind of hard to read sometimes, um, like the 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 text at the bottom. So the the part where it says MILF in big letters is usually pretty easy to read. But <laughs> it's great, and it's totally just that like classic like bass like talking bass that you like yeah on the wall. Um, oh, Billy Bass, Billy Mouth, Billy Bass, bass yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was like at the very beginning of this is like a an ongoing meme and especially like I feel like queer Twitter of like MILF man I love fishing and like various other like fishing shirt stuff. But that's about Mm -hmm. like a thing that happened after this was the like, um, you know, fish fear me women love me mm-hmm. or whatever, but there are different variations on that. Um, and yeah, I just woke up one morning and I, I tweeted, I like very hastily made this on like editing f- on my phone, just normal, like Apple phone editing pictures. Uh, I made the the image um, and then I got turned into a real shirt. So <laughs> it's great. I just, Beautiful. I liked, I just liked the, your review of your own shirt on the <laughs> yes. great fine clothing store. Yeah, <laughs> five stars. So it's it's about six, me. <laughs> six thumbs up to your review. Yeah, because I agree with it. <laughs> um. Um. Oh, also, I'm drinking green tea. Okay. You know, that is also what I'm drinking. <laughs> I am also drinking. Oh, I was drinking green tea. I've already finished it off. But uh, one of the last times I went to Uniqlo, they had a guy out front, and he was giving away free tea. And it's I didn't know if it that was like sketchy. A, yeah, well, it, it was a guy. It was a unique little thing. It was a unique little thing. So I wasn't sure if it was like a thing. Was like, oh, do I have to buy a tea? Do I have to buy a, like clothes here? Do I have to spend like more than like forty bucks? Because I'm just browsing or whatever. And the guy was like, "No, nah, we're just handing out the tea." And I, I noticed nobody else has really taken it. And I was like, "Can I take a couple boxes of this?" Because I mean, I like tea and I like this brand of tea. And it was like a type of it where it's the same. What's the brand? The brand is um, Yamamoto Yama. Yeah, Yamamoto Mata. Y- y- Yamamoto Yama. Jesus. Yamamoto Yama. Yes, I had bought it before from um, Mitsua, and I liked it, and I was like, oh, it's like a special Uniqlo blend. And I was like, can I just take a bunch of boxes? And he's like, sure, nobody really wants this. So I just took a bunch of, bunch of free boxes of Uniqlo tea. So that is what I was currently drinking to get warmed up for oh, yeah, this. I, this is nice. a good tea. I've had this one before. Yeah. So, like, I took a couple boxes, I have some at home, I have some stashed at work. If if you ever see my streams, I'm sitting, you see that I'm sitting in front of, like, a bookshelf with a bunch of toys and records on it. On the bottom shelf is where I stash my, um, my office snacks, so one of those shelves just has a bunch of boxes of unique low tea on it. It's a little, little inside baseball secret for you. That's my <laughs> nice. actor's secret. <laughs> um, nice. Nice. If we take a break, though, I might go pour myself some sake. I I was like, ooh, ooh, maybe I should maybe I should break out some of the Japanese whiskey in the bootlegging mood of Bacano. And I was like, I don't know if I can record a podcast sipping on a whiskey the entire time because I think I might get too tipsy. But maybe <laughs> I might have one afterwards. Might go um, back to play some more Silent Hill and pour some whiskey to enjoy with that. Which Silent Hill are you I, playing? Uh, one, I've not played through them all, and I've been meaning to sit down and play through them. I recently got my hands on a copy of Silent Hill 3 when I went back to Virginia, because I used to work at a retro game store, and my boss just gave me a copy, which is really nice, so I was like, oh, nice. I have them all. I Finally, I have them all, so I've just Silent Hill 3 is the one with... That's the one with James, right? Uh, no, James is the first... Wait. The first one is, um, James is two... This guy, Harry. Okay. First one is Harry, second one is James, and the third is Cheryl. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. And then the fourth one is the one with the hole in the bathroom. 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. This. So yeah, the one I'm just thinking of the one with the secret cat ending. You mean I? I know there's. Are you thinking of the dog ending? Because that's two with the sheep. Oh, the dog. The, the dog ending. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Sadly, I don't have the version of that that that's in because apparently I didn't know this when I got it. I got the black label version of Silent Hill 2 and the greatest hits version with the red label actually has added content in it, including the joke dog ending. So I don't have that version, sadly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, my my friend Autumn just played through all of Silent Hill in like a day because they have oh also God. been sick so they're they um, not long it, games yeah it was like it was like spread over two days but i think most of it fit within 24 hours so mm-hmm. um I, I'm, I'm wishing them the best yeah and, and then they they started silent hill 2 and they said that it's silent hill too scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is pretty I, uh it yeah. is pretty scary when, when i first got that until game, you get to the uh, shooting had, yeah I hadn't really gotten into, like, I wasn't into horror just quite yet when I got that game. I just got it because I knew it was one of, like, the best games. It was like a, This is a game I need to play, and I started playing it. And one of the first things you do in that game is you run down a hill along the side of, like, the lake in uh, Silent Hill. I forget what that lake is called. Toluca, maybe? And um, yeah, nothing happens. Yeah. You literally just run down a path for about 10 minutes, and nothing happens. But about 30 seconds in, something made a roaring sound, and I got so freaked out that I just turned off the game and was like, I can't deal it's with this. It's the save point. Yeah. It's the save point that just goes like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eventually, I learned, like, there is no monsters. And I'm playing, I'm playing Silent Hill 1 right now. It's like, the game will literally just play sounds to put you at unease like i literally entered a room and there just was the sound of a window being smashed on loop like it wasn't the music it was actually a sound in the room was just a window being smashed and it's like this is just here to unsettle you i'm I'm into this god just talking about this game has creeped me out i played this game when i like i knew i got it and i played through it i must have been like 12 or 13 or something um or like maybe younger and I, I knew absolutely nothing about it. And I just started playing it and, like, played through it with no context. Oh, man. And that, yeah, that makes an impression. At least, at least the first one I can kind of get, because the first one's just kind of like a semi-Jacob's Ladder thing, just about, like, eh, you're in a weird world that's, like, literally just a bad place. But the second one is, like, did you murder your wife? Let's ruminate on the nature of, like, romance and sex for eight hours very adult stuff and it's like this, the first one's just spooky town which i i could see yeah. i could see being more down with as a teenager um it's been a while since i i've played and like i've seen most of them but i've watched a friend play most of them mm-hmm. um but yeah i think um when my friend autumn put down silent hill 2 because it was too scary uh picked back up grim fandango because they're just like this is so much <laughs> like original silent hill is kind of spooky and scary but also it's just far more like oh this is just in like an adventure game like it this is. is just like a, is. an old school adventure game that just like has a little bit more actually walking around and it's not like quite as point and click but um yeah and Grand Fandango's got those same tank controls too. I I yeah. love tank controls. I'm a, I'm a I'm a video nasty that loves tank controls. <laughs> um, do you want to do our time dot is clap so I can sync yeah. all this up? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. All right, is this so? Was it a three two one go thing or three two one thing? Uh, we will um, go I... to the website time dot is and uh, Connor will pick a second 
uh, like seconds, and then we'll clap when it's that seconds on the time that is. Smart. Let me know when you're all ready. Uh, I'm I'm there. Yeah, I'm okay. good to go. We'll do it right at thirty. All right. All right. Everyone feel good about their clap. Yeah, I, as I good as I great. can feel. Okay. <laughs> you know, I hate claps. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I can only feel like okay about it at best. Um, shall I launch into the first episode? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Do it. Uh, just for for context to you, JC, the I I see that you have that open, but like the first episode mostly is just talking about general experiences and maybe some like very broad comments on the work, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll like get into actual discussion of plot and stuff for the next one. But this comes out like before I expect people to have even watched it. It's kind of just like here's what we're doing next. Um, so I will I will get us started. Let me take a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> 